Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Corey Walker. She is the co-author of Instagram for Dummies and Instagram for Business for Dummies, a how-to guide for using Instagram to market your business. She's also the owner of The Marketing Specialist, a digital marketing agency in El Dorado Hills, California. Corey works with several clients to produce social media strategies, including creating the graphics and written content, advising on videos, scheduling content, buying ads, tracking analytics, all of it. She loves helping businesses achieve success in the online world. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you for having me today. It is fantastic to have you, first of all, because every single business owner right now is being told, get on Instagram, use Instagram. It is the place to be. And a lot of business owners are either in denial or they're just like, look, overwhelmed, can't handle that. Or, yeah. you know, they, they dabble, they try, but they're not really leveraging and utilizing it the way it should be used. So I love that we're having you on. I'm trying to think back, I'm not sure we've had too many social media experts on the show. We do have some past episodes with more tips. So if you love what you hear from Corey today, look at some of those episodes for even more tips and from different angles. There's people who specialize in Pinterest. There's people who specialize in Twitter, LinkedIn. I know we've had experts in, in those areas. But Corey, it is so great to have you on here to talk about Instagram. Thank you. Well, it is near and dear to my heart. And yeah, I mean, for those business owners that are unsure about getting on Instagram, one of the things that I really like about it is that it's got a very wide audience. So Facebook has kind of aged up. And so you're not going to get those kind of like 20 and unders anymore. They're just not on Facebook. So if you want that younger audience, even probably 25 and below, I would say it's really fallen off. And then TikTok, well, that's still, you know, it's aging up and you'll get, you know, people in their 40s and 50s. It's still a younger platform. But Instagram is kind of that happy middle ground where you've got, you know, like I have a 15 year old daughter that's on Instagram. And then my 81 year old dad is also on Instagram. And there I am in the middle. So it really spans a really wide age range and different types of people, different, you know, you've got the moms on there and then you've got the teens on there and then you've got the business owners. And it's, it's just a great mixture of people. And you can always find your audience there somewhere. So you are known as, I mean, one of the leading experts on Instagram, but there was a time when Instagram wasn't even in existence, right? So how did you get from Instagram doesn't exist to now becoming one of the known experts in the Instagram world? Yeah, well, I was busy on Facebook for a long time. And then I was using Instagram for my business. And I just started using it more for my clients, just noticing a lot of businesses were moving over there. This is before Facebook and Instagram were you know, together as meta or even bought by Facebook. 
So anyway, I just, you know, started using it more and gaining a community. And then my co-author, Eric Buteau, had reached out to me. He's local to me up here in the Sacramento area. And so he's written several other dummies books and they had approached him about writing an Instagram for dummies books book. And he wasn't as familiar with using Instagram. So he asked me to co-author it with him. And so once you've been asked to co-author a book, you really go all in on that <laughs> platform. And so that's that's kind of where it really started taking off was, you know, I had been using it and I'd been using it well. And so he recognized that. But once I started writing the books and we've got four written at this point, two of the business one and two of the regular one, two editions of each. So yeah, I mean, now I, I have to be an expert because I'm writing the books pretty much, you know, every year that a new one comes out of either the business book or the regular book. So I'm always kind of upping my skills and keeping track of things. And then on a day-to-day basis, I post most days, not always every day, but yeah, most days I'm posting some type of tip. So I'm kind of all in on Instagram. Well, tell people who are out there who are listening, who may have a business, but they're not really leveraging or using Instagram a lot. What are the reasons that they should consider upping their game? Well, I mean, Instagram is still a great platform, like I said, to reach a lot of people and you can use it like a sales funnel. So what I tell people is, you know, if you want to get those new eyes to your account, to your business, start doing some reels. And the reason I like reels is because one, you know, most people are showing their face a little bit more and using video, which is very important. But then Instagram is also pushing that out to more people that aren't your followers. So it's a good way to get those new followers to your profile. And the reason they're doing that is mostly to combat TikTok because they really want to beat TikTok. So once you're getting those those new eyes from your reels, then you can move them down onto your regular profile page. And that's where I recommend doing carousels. And if the term carousel is new to your listeners, a carousel is basically the type of post that has up to 10 images or videos that you can swipe through. And the reason I recommend that is one, they do really well in the Instagram algorithm. The other reason is they last longer. You're going to be seen more because once someone sees the first card in your carousel, the next time your post appears, it's going to be the next like page in the series, basically. So it's almost like you can use it as like a little drip campaign. The other reason that Instagram likes it is every time someone scrolls through to another picture in that series, Instagram is counting that as like a positive interaction. It means that that person is interested in hearing more for you. So that's also going to help you in the algorithm. And then I tell people to post three to five stories a day if possible. And I know for a lot of people that sounds daunting, but it's really easy to post a story. You can do it simply like take a picture of what you're doing that day. The other day, I I went on a walk for the first time in a few weeks because it's been raining up here nonstop. (laughs) And so literally, I just took a picture of me outside taking a walk because it was such a nice day. 
And then anytime I do a post or a reel, I'm going to share that to my story. And then often I will share someone else's content that I found that really resonated with me. So it's not hard to rack up, you know, three to five of those stories. And that's where I tell people to really up your like, know, and trust factor. So that might be where I'm just telling a little story about my day, or if my daughter did something fun on the weekend, you know, I'm sharing something a little bit more personal there. And then finally, the the end of the funnel, the the little point where you're getting your best customers is if you can go live or if you're talking to them in the DMs, because that's more of a one-on-one conversation. When you're going live, you know, people can interact directly with you. You can, if you have a product, you can demonstrate your product. If you have a service, you can talk more directly about the service. And then those people on the live can ask you questions. And then in the DMs, you can be talking directly one-on-one with a person. You can even leave a voice message. So that's even more personal, I feel like, than just you know written words because they're hearing your voice. So it's a great way if you're familiar with using a funnel. Instagram can be used that way. And it's I like to use it for all of my clients to get people to really know them better, especially if it's kind of like a coach or one-on-one type of business. So if a business owner is thinking of focusing on just two or three social media channels, because there's so much you can do. You can make a YouTube channel. You can have a great Twitter account. You can have a great Facebook profile. You could have not just a business page, but a personal profile on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, of course, so many different ways. And especially solopreneurs, a lot of listeners of this show, they are a one man or a one woman show and they yeah. they do it all. You know, they're their own sales department, own marketing department, and they service to clients. So for anybody that's trying to figure out, okay, where will I get the most bang for my buck? Mm-hmm. Uh, what sort of mix of social media? And you might be biased, right? Because you love Instagram. That's what you teach. <laughs> so I'm sure Instagram yeah. is on the list. But would you expand that list to any other channels? Yeah, I mean, it does depend on what type of business you are. But I actually have a lot of success with my Instagram LinkedIn mix, which might surprise you. But when I'm trying to reach, you know, one on one more people and more business people, I really love LinkedIn. So I like the Instagram LinkedIn mix for that that one on one thing. And I'm reaching a lot of other business owners that might need my services on LinkedIn. Now, if you're, you know, a fitness coach, then you might love Instagram plus TikTok and be showing lots of video of, you know, different exercises that you're doing or different nutrition, different meals that you're making. So it does depend a bit on your audience. YouTube is great. I don't do a lot of YouTube myself, but I know a lot of coaches will do, you know, whole coaching sessions on YouTube. Another tip is if you are going to do say like an Instagram reel, that format is exactly the same whether you're doing a reel or you're doing, you know, Pinterest now even has video that's the same size, YouTube Shorts is the same size and TikTok is the same size. So if you create one video, and especially if you do it in another app, like say you create it in CapCut, which is a good editing app, you could upload that to all four using something like Hootsuite or Later, which is a scheduling app. 
you just shoot it up on all four. So there's lots of ways you can do it. I'm really big into repurposing content and making the most of it. The one thing I will caution about is if you are spreading your everything everywhere is make sure that you can manage it. So if you're posting stuff on all sorts of places and you're getting comments and you're not able to comment back on that, then you might want to reel it in, which is why I mostly do Instagram and LinkedIn because I can manage that flow of content moderation or uh, comment moderation, I should say. And so you've helped a lot of people with their own strategies. What are some of your favorite client case studies? You know, things you've worked on, helped people with that you remember that stick out in your mind, in your memories as like something that was really fun or one where you had an especially major impact. Tell us about some of those. Yeah. So one of the ones I really love, I work with kind of a strange mix of <laughs> clients. Not that they're strange themselves, it's just the mix together is, is strange. So I work with healthcare and I work with restaurants and I've been starting to work a little bit more with realtors lately. So I will say my favorite is the restaurants because I will go in and I meet the chefs, I meet the cooks, I meet all of the wait staff and really get to know them. And through reels, well, that's what I do is I go in and I film a bunch of reels of them making the food and people eating the food. I've gotten a lot more awareness for my restaurant clients. In fact, one Valentine's Day promotion we did just this past month ago or so, they had one of their biggest nights because we did this Valentine's Day promotion and we did it. We promoted it on Instagram and Facebook and didn't add for them about that. And they had a great night. And this is Valentine's Day and it's a Mexican restaurant, which you don't, you know, typically think of as romantic, but they had an awesome, awesome turnout for all of their different locations. So, so that was a fun one. That sounds great. So what's the future holding for you? Are there more books in the horizon? Are you doing or branching out into anything different or new? Or do you just love exactly what you're doing now and you're going to hold course? Yeah. So the books, as long as they keep selling, we'll probably do, you know, third editions of each one. So the next one would be the Instagram for Business for Dummies third edition. So I could see that one starting maybe like this winter, we might start writing that. So we got a little time for that. The other things, I would be interested in doing some more speaking. I do a lot of podcast guesting like this, which I love because it's in my cozy house. But I would love to do a little bit more speaking on stage. So that's kind of on the horizon. And But I do love what I, what I do. I like working with clients. I like them getting excited about social media and them seeing how with a little help, and some structure that it is doable, whether that's me helping them a lot or just giving them a little push and some guidance. So definitely still a lot of client work and then maybe some stages in the near future. So we'll see. And we have a lot of listeners that aspire to write a book or they are already authors. What is that sort of author life like? What kind of schedule does it require of you? Luckily, now you're doing editions where you're updating existing books. But yes. <laughs> that first book, that first book was written from scratch. You had a co-author. Yes. So like, tell us a little bit about authorship. Also, whether having a co-author makes it easier or harder. Take us into that journey a little bit. 
Sure. So I actually have two co-authors. So I have Eric Buto and Jen Herman. And I will say that writing with co-authors is easier (laughs) because we broke up the book. So we each basically wrote, you know, we decided on which chapters we would write. And then we each wrote our specific chapters. And then we, we go back and review it to make sure, you know, it all flows and makes sense. And that one of us isn't contradicting the other one. But overall, my co-authors are amazing. We're all very deadline-driven and responsible people. So that makes it so much better because if we had to work with... You know, when you have these group projects back like in high school and you've got the one person that doesn't do anything and the other that that does everything, we're not that type. We're all pretty like good about all of that. So that is easier. In terms of writing the initial book, Yeah, it's a slog. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But the good thing, I think, is since we had a publisher, we had very specific deadlines. And each deadline had a monetary reward, basically, to it. And not even a reward like, yay, you did it. More like, if you don't do it, you won't get paid. (laughs) So that is definitely a motivation to get your stuff in on time is getting paid and getting those those checks on a regular basis once you reach your milestones. So I know people that are writing their own books, you don't necessarily have that push. And I will say if I had to write this on my own, it would probably still be like on chapter one. So if you're not writing for a publisher, if you are self-publishing, I would say get some kind of either coach or just another business friend. Maybe it's another person that they're trying to write a book. And get an accountability partner that is going to just kind of whip your butt into shape and say, okay, you said you'd have this many pages in, where is it? Because otherwise, it's so easy to just put it to the side and say, oh, you know, I have these clients this week, so I don't have time to do that. Another thing, one of my friends that wrote a book and she was self-publishing, she basically had her end deadline say was six months from now. And she would calculate, okay, well, that means I have to write, you know, five pages every day. And so she would get up an hour, an hour early, or she just wouldn't really start her day until she'd done that one hour and she could write her five pages. And she knew, well, okay, if I don't write five pages today, I'm going to have to write 10 pages tomorrow. And so that fact alone was like, okay, I need to stick to my five pages a day schedule. So that's something for people to think about. And yeah, other than that, writing, writing revisions, writing new editions is so much easier. I mean, I will say that the Instagram, it has changed so much that each one, we do have a lot of rewriting to do, but it's still, you still have the foundation there. So it makes it so much easier. So I think that, did that answer all your questions? (laughs) No, it did. And you know, it's funny if if we uh, could have like a question Q&A panel, I'm sure you would get a million questions about publishing because there's so much there to unpack and you know, too much to go into on a podcast, unfortunately. But the world of publishing is great. I have self-published before. I, you know, I have a lot of experience talking to people who have book agents and it's this mm-hmm. whole world. It really oh, is. Yeah. And there's so many, you know, different kind of revenue streams that Writing a book isn't a business in and of itself, but it can be the catalyst to a business for sure. Oh, and yeah. you've done that. So how does the book 
help you in your consulting? Yeah, well, first of all, it definitely helps me to get on podcasts, which gets my name out there more because, you know, as soon as you say you've written Instagram for dummies, people are like, oh, okay. And so it, it gives you that extra bit of clout. But then as far as my client work goes, I mean, it's it's always a nice ad like, oh, by the way, I wrote Instagram for dummies and Instagram for business for dummies. So so it definitely gives you that extra foot in the door because people realize, okay, she's not just saying she does social media because there's a lot of people out there that that say they do social media, but don't know the ins and outs of all the little tricks. But when you write a dummies book and you have to do all the screenshots and test everything, like you know Instagram pretty well. So it definitely helps in those situations because people realize like, okay, you're the real deal. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. We have a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are consultants in some way or another. You know, they freelance as different things. They whatever is their niche, whatever is their their special skill, they do that for others, you know, change their businesses or their lives, whether they and a lot of these these people listening, they would be your potential clients, right? Like there mm-hmm. are restaurant owners and fitness and health and all the different categories of ways that we interact together as a society and help each other. So for you, you said that you love the restaurants, you work with healthcare, you have kind of a really eclectic mix of clients. Is there a segment of client that you're like, I would love for someone of that industry to knock on my door so I can help them with their Instagram? Because I have all these ideas, but I don't yet have clients in that area. What would that be, if any? Hmm. That is a good question. I mean, fitness is always fun to me. So fitness coaches, if you're out there, I, <laughs> I have some ideas for you. But yeah, I I hesitate to expand too much further because each of those niches that I'm already in require some deep diving. Like the healthcare I've been involved with for like 15 years. The restaurants, it's been probably about four years. Real estate is a little bit newer. So one of the reasons that, you know, I like to work in just a few because it's hard to know all of the things. And once you really deep dive into an industry, then it makes, you know, content writing easier and it just everything flows better because you know the lingo and and what people are thinking within the industry. So so that's the only thing is I hesitate to do too many crazy different new areas. And how has AI, artificial intelligence and all those new writing uh, software changed or improved or, you know, how has that affected your area of expertise? Yeah. So I am loving ChatGPT. I, yeah, it's been so fun. And for me, it's given me a lot more ways to create content more for my business. I do use it some for my clients. I haven't used it too much to write captions unless, you know, sometimes I'll use it as just kind of like a a brain start, you know, so I'll like put something in there just so my brain gets engaged and then I'll rewrite it. But I've used it a lot for blog posts on my own website and I'll make sure it's SEO friendly. And then I always go back though and rewrite a bunch of it. So, so the one thing I caution anytime anyone's using AI to write things is 
make sure you go through it. The new chat GPT-4 is more updated, but that's the one you have to pay for. If you're using the free version, all of its like new learning stopped in 2021. So if you ask it something that happened six weeks ago, it's not going to know what you're talking about. So that's something to caution because like I had it write something for me about Instagram and it was still referencing IGTV, which doesn't exist anymore. So you definitely have to be careful about that. And you have to add a little bit more personality. I mean, some of the stuff it spits out, it's very generic. And there there are ways to create better prompts. So it knows more the way that you talk. And it knows... Like I'll tell it to act like a social media marketer. And I'll tell it, you know, use these types of phrases. So there are ways that you can make it sound a little bit more like you. But in terms of storytelling, I like to add something about me personally in there. So it might not totally get that right or be able to even write something like that. The other way I like to use it is as an idea generator. Like for blog posts, I will say, give me 10 ideas for blog posts about Instagram marketing. And then it'll give me those ideas. And then I'll say, okay, write, you know, so it'll take one idea and say, write this blog post about this subject. So that's been super handy. It can also give you like lead magnet ideas. If you have, if you're doing Facebook ads, you could ask it for Facebook ad strategy. There's like so many things you could do with it. So I'm loving it. I know a lot of people are fearful of it, especially if, you know, if copywriting is your main thing. I can see that people might be a little bit worried about that and their jobs, but there is a nuance to the prompt writing. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be too scared just yet. And I don't worry about it for my job because I think there's a lot of ways that I can use it to do things faster and to get more things done for the client. But I still feel like a lot of the clients that I have, they still don't have the time even to work with ChatGPT to create things. They would still need a person to do a lot of this backend work. So I personally love it. I don't fear it. And I'm all for it. <laughs> so I love to give... not necess- I don't want to think of it as homework. So it's not necessarily, you all have to do this. No. But for anyone that's like, yeah, I want to get started... Sometimes there's momentum from taking one small first step that is the way to kick something off. So if you were to tell business owners in general, maybe something that's ubiquitous, like across all industries, what is like one fundamental reel that everybody should make and post to their Instagram to sort of kick off this habit of getting themselves out there more often? Yeah. So anything that you can do... If it's really like your first reel, I would say do an intro reel. Just get on camera, get your face on camera because that's going to play better. People love connecting with other humans face to face and just talk about your business. Say, you know, hey, I'm Corey and this is what I do and this is how I can help you. And then do some tips. So if you want to do like a quick video that says, here's my top five tips for, and then, you know, whatever your tips would be that would apply to your industry. Yeah. And the main framework of a reel that works really well is to have a hook. So that would be, you know, like my five tips for X, Y, and Z, and then give your information. And then at the end, have a call to action. So what do you want them to do next? Do you want them to read the caption? Do you want them to DM you? Do you want them to comment? Do you want them to go to the link in your bio? 
So if you can get that framework down of hook, information, call to action, that's going to make a really good reel and keep it short because people have no attention span. (laughs) So true, right? So true. And in the spirit of keeping it short, I wish we could go on for all day long because there's so much we could dive into and talk about. But at the same time, we have to let people go on with their day so that they can go and actually make that reel that you suggest and, you know, get going on that. I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be on the show and share not only some Instagram ideas and inspiration, but also a little bit about what you do. I mean, we learned a lot about publishing. We learned about what it's like to be a consultant in this kind of a field. Any last parting thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, just get going. Just get started. If you don't have a Canva account yet, I highly recommend using Canva to create your graphics. It's super easy. And they've also introduced a lot of really cool new AI-based tools. If you go to my Instagram account, it's at Corey C. Walker. I just put up something that shows all of the new features on Canva. So definitely start using Canva. They make it super easy with templates and all sorts of things. So that's a great way to get started if you have not already. Well, thank you so much. Again, you've taken time out to help us. And for that, I will be always grateful. You've been an amazing guest, Corey. I can't wait to see what you do next. I know for sure I will go and order the Instagram for business for Dummies book because I think that will contain a lot of not just motivation, but also great ideas. So thank you for all you do to help business owners. Oh, thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave a review on iTunes, I promise I will read every single review. If you know someone who makes a full-time living from part-time work, and maybe this is you, please visit lifestylesolopreneur.com to nominate a guest or to nominate yourself. Because remember this, money doesn't buy happiness, but money in the hands of a happy person, there is no greater tool. Today's episode was brought to you by the Get Shift Done program. It's a lifestyle-changing online class to help you define your business and lifestyle ambitions and to set goals in a way you've never experienced before. This class will 10x your daily productivity with methods that will blow your mind. And if you use the coupon code podcast, the class tuition is 99% off. Visit GetShiftDone.com to enroll today.